Tana, did you hear about the new Paisano's deal? More pizza, less dough. Medium, one topping, $5.99. Are you out of your mind? I'm going to order it right now, buddy. What's the code? Yes. 599 pizza. Hurry up, man. Press in. I'm hungry. I'm on it, buddy. I'm yes. Going. Coming up on the Santana Mall Show, I'm reporting live from Miami, and you know what time it is. Tana, I ain't going to lie. This Trent Williams drama got me to the point where I'm singing R&B to the brother to come back. Hoo-yah! Which young wideout would step up in the wide receiver room? Can't wait and see. And you know damn well Jay Gruden's seat hot than a mug, and I want it hotter. We got to win this season, yo. I'm tired of playing. They call him a tone setter. What should we expect from Landon Collins himself? And I know the commish, Roger Goodell, and the NFL is making money hand over fist. I understand that. But I'm still giving them the taking L. I'll explain why next on the Santana Moss Show podcast, which starts right now. It's the Santana Moss Show. Home of the ball Number 89. I'm all the time. Travis on the right. Hot mic on the left. Every single week, it's a lyrical Tana man, Tana man, Tana man, uh, Santana Moss Show podcast, Travis Thomas in studio with Lil Beach Your Ass, and the Tana man is dropping bows on him down in Miami, M-I-M-I-M-I-A. I'm flexing and stretching, what's good, my pop, nah. I see you in the uh, Santana Moss man cave right now. I'm always digging when we do shows and you in the Santana Moss man cave. You know, I shared with you before that my mom and dad at their home, they got like our shrine. You know, this is all me and my brother's work. So I I sit in here and just kind of gloat a little bit, you know, looking at all the pictures, the kids' pictures, you know, you name it. Just the, the accolades, the trophies. It's amazing, man. You guys, I need to take a segment where I just go down the line and go down the list of every rack in here. It's amazing. But, you know, I don't keep too much of that stuff because I feel like as a parent, you want to be able to say, when you have guests over, look what my boys did. And, and that was one of the main reasons why when I was getting things, here you go, because I'm not going to put it up. I don't even put up school pictures of my kids. And you can walk around my home and be like, well, where the kids at? Well, you know, they'll be here soon. You know, they ain't got no pictures to show them. It's <laughs> just how I am. You know, we need to do a podcast where you come down to my neck of the woods where I'm from and we walk into my parents' house and you see my mugshot on display. It's an eight by 10. <laughs> it's a beautiful frame, actually. It's really nice, Dan. Hey, how old were you? No comment. There could be still some things pending there, Tana. <laughs> I want to go with where you've been because, I mean, obviously you're down there. But, bro, I got to tell you, man, I am running on E today, Tana. I had the longest, one of the longest days of my career. I've been covering the trade deadline for the Nats. And you know training camp's in full effect for the Skins. I'm doing the night show still. Man, your boy is grinding, Tana. Hard work, but you know how I do, man. You know what you put in, you get out. So all that hard work you're putting in, best believe something coming for you. But, um. As usual, I'm here and there, man. I was just with you on TCD. That's right. Oh, that Monday, Monday night. Yeah. We had one of the best shows ever. I mean, I'm just telling someone that I've been doing different shows with different, you know, hosts on, you know, NBC Sports. And it was almost like we was doing a live podcast. <laughs> and got on. The energy was unbelievable. But Monday after I did that show with you, Tuesday morning, I had to fly over to FedEx Field. I did an appearance for the Redskins at the stadium with Castro Motor Oil. They had a bunch of their workers there and they were just, you know, showing them around the stadium like an event, basically 
showing them what we go through as players, the locker room and everything else. And then I was the guest speaker. I got a chance to speak to him and take pictures and stuff like that. After that, I flew over to Reagan Airport and came home to Miami. My son, Savion, has a jamboree this Saturday. But I also wanted to check him out in practice. He's with a new ball club down here called Cannonball Football Club. And they're good friends of ours. The guy who runs the whole football club, a good friend of mine. And on the spot yesterday, I went and checked him out. I checked his training session out earlier that day. And later on that afternoon, I went to his practice. And, you know, the head coach told me, hey, man, since you're here, do you mind sharing a couple of words to the kids? And it's crazy because. I mean, you talk so much about this, Travis, that what we do now and what I've been doing on this journey for the last, what, four years, four or five years now since I've been retired, the more and more I speak in front of, you know, audiences and on TV, on this podcast, on the radio, it's becoming second nature to me. And when he put me on the spot, the old Tanner would have been like, yeah, I I say hey to everybody. But the new Tanner was like, I was ready and I was ready to give a message to the kids because. You know, my son, is he played 10 youth, and they were scrimmage against the 11 youth guys for the same ball club. And I just shared some good experiences of being them, you know, just telling them how, you know, it was sitting in their seats and being able to see a guy like myself. I shared my story. I shared, you know, what I put into the work and the grind to get to where I'm at. And I shared with them also the importance of just being sponges at this age and being very coachable because they don't know at that age. They have no worry in the world right now. But it's up to the parents, the coaches, the teachers, and everybody who they come in contact with to basically lead them down the right path. So if they follow and pay attention, they should have whatever they want in life. So it was a good experience, man. I was happy to be able to – I saw when I mentioned my son's name, I'm like, hey, for y'all guys who don't know, I'm Savion's dad. And all the kids who was older than him was like, dad? Like, you know, cause <laughs> they don't even know. And, you know, YouTube is a big thing now. Before I even left the park, I had a kid run up to me, and he's showing me his phone. He just – Google me and, and have my YouTube highlights. So it's a great experience, and I'm sure I'm down here in Miami, you know, for the meantime this week. No doubt, man. So, Tana, let's do what we do. You know it's training camp. It is football season. I want to really go kind of rapid fire with you on a bunch of topics, and you know where we're going to start, right? It's Trent Williams. The saga continues, bro. Like, oh, man. I, I just – this feels like sands through the hourglass to me. It's just a soap opera. I mean <laughs> – what is going on, Tana? Here we go again with this Trent thing. Now you're hearing the trade talks, and apparently Bill Belichick picked up the phone. What the hell's happening? You know what? It's still unclear. You know, that's been whispering and rumors saying that, you know, the Redskins are preparing for a trade, but it's still unclear if they're going to, you know, trade this guy. I, I believe when you have a Tana like Trent, you know, I'd be greedy. I won't trade him. I would sit there and hold on to him. But at the same time, speaking from a player standpoint, and being a guy that Trent haven't really, you know, got into talks with anybody. He's been kind of isolated, you know, isolated and, and and not one to speak to anybody. I think, you know, what me and you shared on TCD is that he kind of demanded he will come back if some guys get fired. So I'm not sure how accurate that is, but it's still not clear that they even talking to anybody about a trade. But I shared with you also that same night that if it was up to me and I was a guy that was sitting in the front office of the Washington Redskins and I'm dealing with a talent like Trent Williams knowing that I won't want to lose him but knowing what I need to do for this season I'll try to get the most out of it you know I'll try to get the best I can because if he's not happy he's disgruntled and he wants out then guess what at the end of the day all I owe you is what you want you know and I will see who's the 
top team, the biggest team that has the most that they can give for them, and I will try to make that trade happen because now I feel like I didn't write by you since you said I done wrong already. You know, you can't redo that. Whatever he's mad about, he's mad for a reason, so you have to respect that. And as an organization, regardless if you at fault or not, whoever did that that's underneath that umbrella or that roof, you have to accept it and say, well, we, we dropped the ball with this player, and you know what? This is a life lesson. We can't have these situations occur anymore under this staff, under this roof, in this team atmosphere. We have to make sure we do right by our players. So I would try to at least make a bad situation look better and give Trent what he wants, but make sure I get top dollar for him. You know, there's a flip side to that coin, though, Tana. Yeah. If the Redskins feel like we don't want to do right by you, we want you to play for us, and you're being a disgruntled employee, you know, listen, we're going to trade you to the Dolphins or the Bengals. I mean, they could send him to the AFC where they don't have to see him to a bad team, right? Isn't that some of this too? They could do that. You're absolutely right. But the only thing about that is one of those teams offer up, you know, top dollar for him. Right. Whether it's players, whether it's draft picks later on. Something. If one of those teams offer up that kind of stuff, then yeah, I see it panning out that way anyway. Because teams can say, okay, well, you want to put us in a bad spot, then we have no choice but to put you in a situation where it might not be something that you can enjoy for the rest of your career since you put us in this situation. Trent is an unbelievable talent, seven-time Pro Bowler, a guy you can't replace really on that offensive line. I don't care who you bring in, and to say that we sit here talking about him being dealt in a trade is unbelievable because you uh, just think about it, he got two more years left on a contract where he just signed what a couple of years ago right and he's been one of those guys on the offensive line regardless of the injuries or not he's been consistent and i just hate to see both parties in this situation but when you're thinking about the redskins as a whole the organization and the team along with what they're trying to prepare for this year they have to do what's best for them and that's one of the reasons why they went out there and just getting guys now to make sure they can protect themselves for whatever situation may occur. Damn, bro, you're so right. Just talking about trading this man is giving me an ulcer. And then, you know, I think about Donald Penn and Eric Flowers, dog. Like, really? Hold on. When you speak Eric Flowers, what should you say? <laughs> you talking about the you? God bless his soul. Oh, oh, uh, Trevor Maddich said, no, he said bless his heart. Bless his heart. <laughs> bless his heart. Hey, man, look. <laughs> hey, Tanner, tell the truth. When you talk about somebody, you say bless their heart. I mean, that's the ultimate shade, dog. You have, you have, nothing, you have nothing good to say about that person. <laughs> bless their bless heart. his that's, heart. That's sad. I mean, we can sit here and talk about it. But I honestly, I'm going to tell you what I take out of that situation. I hope a guy like Eric Flowers, because to believe it or not, he's a hurricane. He's a yeah. guy that I watched from when he was at New Orleans down in Miami playing at Northern High School, the same high school Antonio Brown played for, and then became a hurricane. So he's a homegrown Miami guy, and he looked up to Trent Williams. I recall an offseason coming home, working out in the gym, and it was probably his junior or his senior year, whatever year it was, and he said, hey, man, if you can never link me with Trent Williams, man, that's a guy who I idolize. So I know where it's hard at. I know who he wants to be like. So I hope. A moment like that, he can have heard that come out of Trevor Maddox. Because I've been one of those guys that have been talked about or, you know, misunderstood in the media. And it did something to me. Even though I don't listen, when it came to me, it didn't sit right. So I will hope that he can step his game up and show these guys what he's really made of. Because 
he has an opportunity of a lifetime now. You know, they brought him here to be a guard or see what else he can do because he's a first-round talent. So you have to take a chance and say, let's see what he got in his tank. And believe it or not, he hasn't looked well this training camp at left tackle, but we didn't expect that. And now, you know, just having an opportunity to probably play, I think he need to take that and, and put that on his shoulder. Use that as a chip, you know. Put that on the shoulder and say, man, these guys are going to talk about me like this. I need to step my game up because, truthfully, he needs to play better. And especially to be a first-round talent, he needs to show more. So I hope he take that, not lightly, take it to heart and really go out there and prove to us that he can be more. Child, bless his heart. Bless his heart. <laughs> Tana, what about wide out, man? Who's going to ball out there? You know, this is a contract year for Josh Doxson, bro. Yeah, you know what? Speaking of the wide outs, man, uh, one of the things I wanted to le- – share i think one of the young guys are going to be counted on the most this year and the two young guys stand out the most to me in my mind just watching some of the things the highlights hearing some of the you know news clips about you know who's performing well in practice one standout would be trey quinn and the other one would be terry McLaurin. yeah trey's because trey's going to be the slot guy it's already written on the wall uh jay gruden loves him you know he loves trey more than he loves Colt McCoy, and you know how that love for Colt McCoy has been over the last few years and his belief in Colt. But Trey is a guy that when you watch his background, watch where he come from, he's been a guy that can do so much. And the way we got him, you know, the last pick in the draft, and now to hear where he's at now for to have a chance of opportunity of a lifetime to be a starter, be the starting slot receiver, I think the opportunity is going to be something that he can't you know, take for granted. He shall be called on a lot because if you think about it, that slot position is basically, you know, it's one of the, the targets that we go to the most in his offense. You know, we go inside out. So that's why Jordan Reed is such a threat for us. And that's why, you know, Jameson Crowder was such a threat for us for so many years. You know, every year you see Jameson Crowder up there in the top when it comes to yards and catches, you know, from the receiver core. So Trey Quinn have an opportunity in a lifetime. I hope he take, you know, great advantage of it. But I want to share a little bit about Terry McLaurin. I think he's going to be a guy with his speed alone. He's going to be used out the gate. So I hope he's ready for it. You know, most of the time a rookie might not know what they're getting themselves into. But I think when you watch some of the things that he's been showing this past training camp, he's shown that he can be a guy that we can really count on with just his route running ability and him making the catch. Some of the whispers coming out of from college was like he wasn't a sure-handed guy, but one thing I can tell you is a lot of guys that come in, you know, to this league that wasn't sure-handed. Julio Jones wasn't sure-handed. You know, I named the list of guys that wasn't sure-handed. But when you get on this level, you have to up your game because you're getting paid for it now. And regardless of you getting paid for it now, it's just the growth of being more older you get, the more mature you get about what you're doing. You're going to perfect your craft. So I do believe Terry is going to be a huge guy that we we lean on because when it comes to his speed alone. Like, we was talking about Paul Richardson being that guy last year. And, you know, even though Paul Richardson showed us that he can be that go-to receiver, he didn't show me the excitement in his speed. I haven't seen nothing flash about, you know, he's just that that fast or whatever. And when you watch Terry, every clip in training camp, he's flying by somebody. And that's something that you can't teach. That's something that you can't look up on and have in your belt. So by us having a talent like that, I'm sure you're going to lean on him a lot. Tanner, how about Jay Gruden? Because for me, look, I said the Redskins will have a successful season and finish 9-7. and seven. However, the NFC is absolutely loaded. So to me, 9-7 and seven may not get you in the postseason. So if Jay Gruden, best case scenario, 
goes nine and seven, has a winning record, and misses the playoffs. I personally, Santana, believe he's fired. I think he has to make the playoffs and maybe even get a playoff win to keep his job. Do you agree with me? Is he on the hot seat? I kind of agree, but disagree. You know, and and I hate to say that because you're always dead on. But truthfully, I believe, you know, this this skins organization is just looking to be a contender. They know everybody coming to the season saying, I want to be a Super Bowl champ. But let's be honest. Every team knows from front office on down right. whether they have a Super Bowl team or not. Now, some of those teams wishing upon a star, crossing fingers, you know, crossing their T's, dotting their I's, hoping that as long as we get there, you never know what may happen. That's how some of these things pan out. As long as you get to the postseason, you never know what could happen. You know, the best team is going to win that day. So, I truly believe they're waiting and hoping that they can just get there. Do they truly believe they have a Super Bowl team now? I don't think they believe that. Just knowing what we got going on on the offensive end, you have to be solid up front on both sides. Offensively, I feel like we haven't quite gotten there yet you right. know, to say that we're that solid. Defensively, to me, it would be a bust if these guys don't go out and have the all-time best you know, sack season or QB pressure season you know, in league history. They have to stay healthy. They have to stay healthy, that's one. Yeah, but just to see what those guys can do and what they've been doing this far in training camp, it'll be a bust year for those guys if they don't go out there and get out to the quarterback every chance they get. But offensively, I don't feel like we're quite there. So mainly because the quarterback hasn't been, you know, found and then having a guy like Trent missing, always having key guys missing up and down. So we haven't found that line yet to be solid enough so we can win a championship. But if he does get a 9-7 and season, just with how things pan out here and how things been going in the past, I do believe he might get us another chance. I, really? I can see I can see it because for the sake of him, you think about it. The last two years, injury plague, and they still was able to have win eight game season, winning eight games in those years. Last year, you know, we we settled for those eight games, but truthfully, we wanted more. We wanted more, and then you couldn't even be mad when whatever transpired because, like you said, two of your quarterbacks broke a leg, right. so. To see these guys come back and have a 9-7 and seven season, if it gets them in playoffs or not, I believe a Dan Snyder would say, you know what, I would give him some kind of extension or a, a year or two to prove himself to see if he can do it again. And then we might be talking about you know, getting rid of Jay Groove. Yeah, I, I don't know. Conspiracy theory, Trav, feels like Gruden will get fired, Dan Snyder will pick up the phone and call Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. And he'll say, hey – I got a quarterback here that you know. You're not doing anything. You're broadcasting right now. Forget the college game, right? Mm-hmm. Come on down, baby. Come coach this team. Coach your boy. We don't care about scandals in the NFL. That's what the NFL is. <laughs> no one's going to bother you for trying to cover up something Must like you did TV. in college. Right? Yeah. I mean, I could see that happening. You got a good point there. You got a good point there because that's going to be very interesting also with Urban Meyer. You know, we shared a story last week about Urban Meyer is going to the boot now. And mm-hmm. they say he's going to be broadcasting in South California. Yeah, you know, USC. USC territory. And, you know, rumors has been said that he might <laughs> be the next guy being coached there. So, look, they said as soon as Urban Meyer left out and said he retired. Do you think he's retired? No. Right, right. Coaches coach. That's what they do. You know, let's just be real. Most of the time when you get to that age, as a coach, what else is left for you to do? You know what I mean? I understand a lot of the coaches going to broadcasting and and being analysts because at the end of the day, they're still getting great money to coach. And that's still a a coach. And they're coaching now the viewers and the listeners. So 
but for what they they've done over their career and how they groom men to be professionals and groom men to be champions and groom men to be, you know, great individuals in the community and great fathers, great husbands, you name it, the list goes on. That's what they know. And that's what they want to be around. So I do believe Aramaya is going to have another stint in coaching, but it will be very interesting if whether it be at USC or over here in Washington if you get that ring. Let's see. So Cali Cal or Ashburn? I take Ashburn every time. <laughs> I know you lying, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend because we on the show today. Fingers crossed, right? I take <laughs> Ashburn. Hey Tana, do you think Landon Collins will take that leap to be the leader of this defense? I mean, obviously at that position, it feels like the quarterback of the defense anyway. You know, last week on the show, I talked about how I thought John Allen would become that defensive captain, that defensive leader. Do you think Landon Collins is actually the guy? You know, first thing people say about Landon Collins, he's only 25 years old. Guess what? When Tanner came here and I was a part of that that 2005 season, I was 25 years old. So, yes, he's a pro bowler already. He's a guy that, you know, we replacing him with a guy who I thought highly of and DJ Swearinger. And the only knock that they kept saying or we kept saying in the media about DJ is that, he missed tackles from time to time. Well, the way they practice, a lot of guys was missing tackles on the defensive side because they just wasn't getting after each other that much. And things happen when you're one of those games where the team was just better than you that day or ready for whatever you bring to them that day. You're going to have those games. When I look at a Landon Collins, he brings more than just his Pro Bowl status. He's a tone setter. He's a guy that if you look at him from every aspect of what he's going to be doing as a strong safety, he can protect the run and the pass. He can run with the best of tight ends. I don't want to see him on too many receivers, but I know he can run with the best of tight ends. And he's a threat. He's a guy that, say you on the defensive side, and you have Adrian Peterson in the backfield. Already as a linebacker, I'm thinking run. Regardless if it's going to be play action or not, he already gives me that insight of saying, well, I can't overlook the fact that they might put the ball in his basket. So, Landon Collins, I'm on the offensive side. As a receiver, when I lined up, I'm checking to see where Landon is at, you know, especially being a Z receiver because the strong receiver is always to my side. So I'm checking to see if he's high or low. That is going to give me the formation. That's going to give me what they have in, you know, in mind or just to locate this guy because he's a different maker. So every offense that they face is going to be wondering what he's going to be doing. And already you have an edge on the team because you have a guy that's a difference maker. You have a Sean Taylor that's a difference maker back there that he's going to make sure that it's going to be all eyes on him. And then, you know, not only is it going to be all eyes on him, he's going to go out there and make plays. So I truly believe that we won at that position. But at the same time, I can talk all day about what I believe he's going to do. You know, when you leave in one team where you've done so well, now you have to do it all over again. So it's still area, it's still room for him to prove himself as a Redskin. Tana, for taking L's, I'm giving it to the commish, Roger Goodell. Do you know that next month, he has been deposed. He has to go under oath in New Orleans and talk about that stupid no call in the NFC title game. First of all, I'm giving him the L because as much as I don't like Roger Goodell, you're better than this. Like, you're a lawyer. You made your money being judicious. You can't get out of this. He's a litigious guy. You can't get out of this. You got to be kidding me. So I'm giving him the L. But, Tana, it got me to thinking. If you could ask the commission one question under oath, what would you ask him? 
I, many things come up in my mind. One would be, you know, I probably won't even ask him a question about this. I would probably look at, you know, from a fan aspect of it and, and ask him a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, on the Saint and Rams call, you know, that game and that call, it was blatant that it was a pass interference. But, you know, something in me believed that it was just set up for the Rams to be in the Super Bowl that year. You know, it's something about the game and how things transpire make me believe that. So I don't know I why they got their ass kicked. Right. But that, you know, it's just all about. Yeah, the, true. True. You know, it, it's like that area. They want a championship back. Right. L.A. want teams. You saw the San Diego Chargers come to L.A. New stadiums uh, coming. So much going the stadium coming. Something about that whole game made me believe that this is the perfect time for them to go to the Super Bowl. And who knows? Never know what might happen. They might win it. Right. And we all thought them going into it, they was going, you know, straight up, tear the Patriots up. So I would ask about that. But then the other thing I would ask about is, you know, when could we expect this lift of, you know, the marijuana cases with all the guys, you know, having this tag on them or the guys who've been dealt the medical marijuana yeah i I would ask when they're going to lift that because i think now we get to a point where it's basically legal and and for so many years basketball players have been doing what they're doing and been on scheme and we've been the guys that's taking all the flack for it as football players and we know that this stuff hasn't been detrimental to our game we knew that you know it's many other drugs that guys you know partake in whether it's liquor or you, you name it that can be you know similar when it comes to the catastrophic you know things that may occur when you're on it so i just feel like sooner or later that's going to be lift so i want to know when and how soon can we be looking forward to that santana moss can you please to end the show look over your right shoulder and tell me the most miami picture i've ever seen it's somebody yeah Somebody has like a a pimp lower lower. Somebody has a pimp hat on. And who is what is that? That's the Moss Boys, man. Oh, let me see that Look, picture. That was the ESPN magazine, 2001 draft edition. Oh! The Moss Boys. That's they had your boy Santana himself. That's you like, in the middle. Like, like uh, three thousand, Andre three thousand. That's my because remember I told you I was a big fan of you know the Outkast. And that was, you know, they asked me what I want to wear, and 3000 was one of the oh guys that I, God. I and he's a Gemini. So I had my Andre 3000 look on. I had my little brothers, Nuri and Lloyd, next to me, man. Dog. And I, my senior year, man, I had just finished my senior season, and, and I was getting ready for the draft, and ESPN wanted to do a special on me. So that's the thing. You know what, man? You got a good eye, man. So much stuff in here. There's so much stuff in here, man. I'm a but producer yeah, at heart, dog. You know, I got yeah, that eye. Better look that up. Go and look at that ESPN edition. Oh, Rob is getting that that JPEG. Yeah. We putting that in this podcast, bro. Yeah, you are clean as hell. I had the G belt on with the big G on it. You didn't even know what that G stood for. I ain't know what it stood for. Back then. I, guess I, I, I was getting ready to be a goat. <laughs> hey Tana, bro, your life is a movie. You know that, right? That's for real, man. That's for real. That's for real. Santana Moss Show Podcast. Hashtag his life is a movie. Out. It's a Santana Moss Show. Former through your ball Number 89. Hustle all the time. Drive us on the right. Hot mic on the left. Every single